We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Last night, they have one game before the All-Star break. Sitting in for Andy Liu, I have Aaron Larsoul. Aaron, what's up, my man? What's happening? Thanks for having me, as always. Let's talk Let's talk some hoop. I feel like the Warriors are limping to the All-Star break, so that is like the overarching theme, and I think most teams in general, when you get to this time of year, there's a little, like, I see one game, and then I get to go to Mexico for a week. Yeah, I think it also, a factor is also how the season is going you know if you feel like you're kind of in a dogfight, maybe you've got a little juice left but if the season has been a disappointment or it's been much better than than expected i think either one of those extremes can kind of uh lead towards limping into the playoffs but the warriors definitely look tired left yeah i think on a on a broad level they so they're five games back the phoenix suns highly unlikely they catch the suns but they're also unlikely to fall below the three, four seed in general. So they're just kind of like, they're having a positive season. We know they have injuries and they're waiting on guys to get healthy. Like this is the perfect storm of lethargicness to like, just have these kind of lazy games going into the all-star game. I agree with that, but I think there's one other factor. It's not only just injuries because at this point it's just Wiseman and Draymond, Iggy too, but Draymond is the energy. Right, Draymond is not what like last night when it started getting away. Draymond ain't going for that, uh, and if Draymond has to force the energy himself, he will. So I, I think it's specifically the Draymond injury. Not even so much. I'm sure we'll talk of what that means for the offense and the defense, um, and the lack of transition offense specifically. But Draymond is also the guy that, it, with the energy, the attitude, that is not going to stand for any lethargy. So I think the fact that it's Draymond specifically matters. Yeah, definitely. And they've played 20 games without Draymond now, 13 and seven. Uh, if they played a full season, that paces to about 53 wins, which I, I don't think they'd won 53 games with this roster without Draymond Green. But in general, I would say if you told me this roster with no big man depth was going to win 13 out of 20 without Draymond, I would consider it a victory. That still doesn't mean the last few games haven't been kind of just 
frustrating to watch at, at a most basic level. So, so let me um, let me throw a couple news updates before we open this because I want this show tonight to be kind of a sound off for the fans to call in, ask whatever questions. We're going into the All Star break. Let's let's get it all out there, and you know we'll go forward with that. Draymond Green. It was reported from Mark Spears three-ish weeks, four weeks, something is what they're hearing. He thinks the tone is getting more positive, but the general vibe, and it's not just him, it's other people, early to mid-March, so not right after the All-Star break, but if everything breaks right, Draymond will be back, let's say, 10 10 days to two weeks after the All-Star break, giving him anywhere from 15 to 20 games to reacclimate with the team. He still has not played a game with with Clay and Steph. Like they still have not played a game together. So you ain't count those seven seconds. <laughs> it was emotional, but it's not basketball. So yes, I'm not counting them. Um, so we got that update with Draymond. And then on the James Wiseman front today, Tuesday, the 15th, first time he's played five on fives, things are moving positively there. I think he might be back right after the all-star break. Like, I don't want to say he'll be back the first game after the all-star break, but you know, without a setback, he'll be back sooner than later. So let's start with both of those two. What are your reactions to those general news items? I'm I'm surprised just because of what um, what an arduous journey it's been for for Wiseman. I'm surprised right now. It seems like Wiseman because before it was like the 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 updates were always Wiseman and Clay. Right, they were the ones that were kind of rehabbing together. Who's going to be back first? For a while, it seemed like Wiseman and then Clay obviously took the lead. I am kind of surprised by the fact that it seems like Wiseman is much closer than uh, than Draymond. Five on five, playing five on five indicates that there's some contact. That is kind of the next big thing is is contact, um, and then after contact is is scrimmaging. I would guess that Wiseman is definitely going to have some scrimmages before he's able to come back. But I I think it's pretty encouraging for Wiseman and whatever you think of what he's going to be. You, you and I, I've talked on your show a million times about I'm maybe the last guy in Wiseman Island, but the reason why getting him back more quickly is is so meaningful is you want to have a look and see if he can even give you 10 or 15 just kind of rotation minutes a night because if a buyout decision is going to be made, it has to be made by March 1st. So getting a little bit of time to see if he can even just like fortify, uh, not get killed on the glass, help not get killed on the glass as has been happening lately and hopefully keep Looney's legs because he's been tired and awful recently. I think it's important to get Wiseman back pretty quickly just to help make that buyout decision. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's so like they entered the season and it's pretty clear their plan was, you know, we know Draymond's our closing center, at least until someone supersedes him. We know Looney is the reliable rotation center, doesn't make mistakes, knows exactly how to play in the system, just generally does the right thing. Wiseman was going to be given the second unit role with the opportunity to win the starting job. Um, And this was all with the assumption he was going to be back in November, which setbacks and whatnot, you know, things change. And then and then Bialito was going to be kind of the change of pace. I want to stretch five in there to change the offense. It made sense on paper, but now we're 55, sorry, 57 games in. And, you know, Draymond's down with an injury, and 
Wiseman hasn't played this year, which it, it's really unfair to consider him in your calculus when making a playoff run for a team that has a legitimate shot at winning a title uh, or competing for a title at absolute minimum. Do you feel like they need to be aggressive in the buyout market right now? I, I think this is why Wiseman is so important because it, it's reminding me or seeing Wiseman is so important. It is reminding me of the end of last year. The Warriors decided they were going to go small, decided that was the way they were going to play. That uh, thinking and that success led to what you see this team in, in roster building for this team. But at the end of that 15 and five game stretch where they were playing small and didn't have the full complement of players, everybody was gassed by the end. And so that is kind of what this is reminding me of. Do I, I don't think we can make that decision or make an assessment of how aggressive to be in the buyout market until you see if Wiseman can just save Draymond's and Looney's legs for, for the postseason. Hopefully more than that. If he is capable of at least you know playing 15 rotation minutes in an NBA game, then maybe not necessarily. But if he's not, I don't think – I don't even – and it's not even so much a guy that's going to play in the playoffs because, as you mentioned, Draymond is going to close games in the playoffs. And if Draymond isn't Draymond, then forget all of this. Right. Um, none, none of this matters if Draymond Green is right. not so, who he's been. I don't, it's, so I don't even think – I don't even think when you're looking for a buyout guy, and buyout guys are buyout guys for a reason. I don't even think it is so much about can you find somebody that can play in the playoffs. I think it's can you find somebody that can just save Draymond and Looney's body for the rest of the regular season. But then the question becomes, if that's all you're doing it for, who of the 15 is going to go? Right, exactly. Like the, the names floated on the buyout market. And by the way, the only player who's been bought out right now is Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic, sorry. Um, who you know, might be a nice player, but absolutely does not solve the big man issue. Um, he does not. And then what does it say? What does it say to and, and he might be the best player available. We haven't seen him forever. He hasn't played a game this year. But if you do that, what does that say to Jordan? Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm going to I'm going to leave that one away. If, you know, maybe if callers want to talk about it, feel free. Um, the names being floated, Robin Lopez, Tristan Thompson, Derek Favors. We don't even know if any of those ones will be bought out, but like, let's just start here. You know, if, if the scenario where all three are bought out, what are your thoughts on them? Uh, Besides I the think, fact we can't time machine them. but <laughs> You know, uh, look, Derek Favors was really good the other day against the Warriors. Um, I guess my, my choice, I mean, Tristan Thompson was like, the seventh big on a horrific Kings team. So I, he has, I don't think he has much. I guess I would go of those three. My, my choice would probably be Robin Lopez. Um, also, because, I mean, he is kind of the most just traditional big-ish of them. And right. I think he is probably, it would probably, my guess, is would do the least disruption of, of, uh, of the locker room. So I guess if I had to choose between those three, it would probably be Rob, uh, Robin Lopez because he seems like the guy. He's a traditional big. He's used to not playing very much. He come, when he does play, he comes in and gives you 16 minutes, throws in a bunch of hooks, and you know, then goes and goes to Touch, Disney World and kind of hangs out and laughs. Yeah, yeah. I think he would be the least disruptive to the locker room, which you know, this isn't 2K, so the human element kind of matters. So I guess I would go Robin Lopez of that. Yeah, because because we're getting back to your point, like. Look, you're not going to find a starting center on the buyout market. Um, that's just reality. 
you're looking for a guy who can be a spot minute guy who if you get if Looney gets two quick fouls, you can throw him in there and you know he can hold his own for eight minutes in the first half. Like worst case scenario. You're hoping for a guy who if Looney has to sit a game because, you know, precautionary reasons. Like, quite frankly, I'm pretty sure Looney would have sat a couple of these games this week if they had any other options. And they didn't, right? Like you're 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 hoping for guys who can just kind of provide that kind of depth. Um I see you it. You uh, could go get go get Festus off the off the TV set. Yeah, I, I think he's he, happy where he is. So he knows the system. He does know the system, but I think he he likes the TV system more. So um, I don't I don't think that's in the mix. Um, Do you think anything actually happens on the bio market? Yeah. I, I think if one of I think it favors. I agree with you. I don't see the Warriors doing anything with Tristan Thompson. Um, I think if Robin Lopez or Favors comes available, they'll they'll seriously consider it because those guys actually are upgrades to Bielitsa uh, in the playoffs. But I think outside of those guys, I don't think – like, they're not going to sign someone for the sake of it. I think short of – I can't even think of who it would be about it. Those would be the only guys I could think of that would make them make a, a change. I think it's tough to ask like a – to spend all that tax money for a guy to play instead of Wiseman, because if, if Draymond and Wiseman are available, then there you go. I think it's a tough ask of Lake. I'm not saying you can't, but I just think it's a tough, I think it's a tough oh, sell for Lake. I, I think that's, I think that's more posturing. I think if they think the big man who they buy out gives them a better shot in the playoffs, they're willing to do it. Oh, I, I agree. I, I, I just think, don't know that any of like, I don't, you're what you want to play Derek favors or Robin Lopez or Tristan Thompson or Moses Brown or whoever in the playoffs. I, I no, thank you. Moses Brown two way. Um, um, but over Bielitsa, I mean, I, look, I, I'm not sure Bielitsa is the answer anyway, because Bielitsa does provide something. No, he's not doing it. But he provides. He is, he's just a different player. He gives you a right. different look. Right. Yeah. If it was, if it's me, and I don't, I don't know that you can get away with this in the locker room dynamic of all of this. But if it's me, it's JTA that's getting waived for center. I don't know. I don't know that you can get away with oh, that see, in I the did, locker I dis- room. I disagree with you for basketball reasons. And it's not that I think JTA is a world beater. I just think you want to have as many wing options as possible like the way this team plays like I would rather get rid of they're only going to play one big at most and Draymond's going to eat 20 of those minutes at center and um, Looney's going to eat another like 15 so I, I just don't think they need to carry Looney, Wiseman, Bielitsa and a fourth big unless you're concerned about it unless I get, let me take this back. Unless Wiseman has a setback and he's not coming back physically this year. In well, which my, case, that's a different scenario. My concern, but as I said before, my concern is that I don't want any of those guys playing in the playoffs anyway. So my concern isn't the playoffs. My concern is keeping the guys that are going to play in the playoffs fresh enough through the regular season so they're not just getting destroyed so that they can be effective here's a, in the playoffs. Here's, here's, my, here's, here's a better way to put it. Okay, you have foul trouble or something where you need someone to buy you five to 10 minutes in the game. 
would you rather have Bielitsa thrown in or would you rather have uh, the Robin Lopez, Derek Favors option thrown in the, in the regular season or in the, in the playoffs? I'm talking about, let's run through my scenario. Um, Looney's, Looney picked up a tiki tack foul. So you're just trying to get through the first half of the game and you don't want to, you don't want to go like 22 minutes of Draymond at the five in the first half of this game. And Wiseman not available because he had a setback or he's once he's been back, he's been so awful available. Let's just, let's just say you you just want another body because you don't know if Wiseman can hang for, let's just say a full second quarter without your ability to throw Looney in there. Yeah. I mean, or, or does it not matter? Or is your point like, dude, if Bielitsa can't buy you two minutes, what are we doing here? Yeah, kind of. Um, I just think that, I mean, th- this this team very specifically in the offseason prioritized the way that they play, and that is small. Right. And Bielitsa gives you, like, I don't want to play JTA in the playoffs. And if you want to tell me you're cutting Damian Lee instead, I'm okay with that too. I mean, good luck selling that to the to the guys. But I'm okay with that too. Um, if you like Bielitsa's more traditional wingdom and size and whatever and theoretical playmaking and baby discount Draymond stuff, fine. I just think that if you are getting a center um, and you want some center depth because rebounding has been a problem and, and getting beat up and everybody's tired, you're not really doing much other incrementally even if you are cutting a center to sign a center. I, I see what you're saying. You're, you're just, I'm just trading, you know, style A for style B. But I'm correct. And, and don't Belly has been awful this year, right? Other than like the opener, uh, the first couple games, well, he's, 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 he, he's been he's awful. been he's been bad recently. I don't. He actually gave him some good minutes earlier on. Uh, earlier in the season, yeah. All. T- but I just I I would rather have like a stretch option theoretically, um, than. Like I, I don't know. I just don't know what you're getting from JTA or or Lee, really. And I, I'm not wanting to trade one center problem for another. If 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 it's not going to be a center, you keep the 15. Wiseman gives you something. That all of this is kind of moot anyway. But I just I don't I don't think I don't think you're gaining much by bringing in Robin Lopez and getting rid of Belly. Now, okay, we still have the same number of centers. I hear you on that. I I feel so. It's it is a roster issue because. It is nice having a stretch five to throw out there just to change the flow of the game. Like for all the things Bielitsa can't do, the two things he can do is shoot the ball and pass the ball. We know how this team likes to utilize the pass, particularly through big men, and he is a good passer. He's an above average passer for the Warriors system. And he can definitely stretch the floor. Like those things do provide value. Like obviously he's not going to be a defensive ace or anything like that. So it isn't, it isn't just that clear cut, but I don't know. It's, I hate cutting a wing when this team likes to play as many wings as possible. When here's where I disagree with you as up and down as JTA has been, I still like the idea of having an extra wing to throw out there no matter what. Yeah, that's fair. Change the flow of a game. Like, end of the day, we're thinking of JTA and Bielitz as the same thing. Guys to throw into a game to change the momentum of a game. If you're depending on them to be stalwarts of your rotation, you got kind of a deeper issue. And I don't think the Warriors are depending on either of them. 
They're, they want them to be the deep depth that Steve Kerr will, hopefully in the right situation, throw out there to change the flow of a game positively. Um, I'd rather have the wing guy than the, the big guy. So two things. One, I think um, I think the rotation has like told us what the coaching staff at least thinks of the kind of the the order of all of these guys. I think JTA has kind of been made a non-factor by Kaminga because Kaminga is plainly just better than him um, and kind of does, you know, some of the energy athlete kind of theoretical things. And, um, and the fact that Bellies is still getting rotation minutes and still getting chances kind of indicates that he is probably ahead of, of JTA in the rotation. Um, I, I, I'm again, I would, I would cut JTA. Um, but I, th- I think it is a fair discussion. I, I think this ends up with the 15 that the Warriors have now is the 15 that they're going to have going into the playoffs. Um, but I think I would I would lean towards cutting JTA. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's end it here. Let's. I want to move it to the callers. Let's see where people are at. Do you want the Warriors to pursue some of the buyout market? Where are you at with this team? Are you concerned about the injuries? Are you ready to roll with this squad and you're just willing to be patient? Do you have other thoughts? Any sort of questions? Caller time. Can I get a round of applause? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping with the code LIGHTYEARS20. That's the code LIGHTYEARS20. So we all know how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is. For the precise trim below the waist, now they have advanced skin-safe technology and it reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. You can also enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra-premium collection. So this package includes, you got the Manscaped Premium Deodorant, so not for your balls, but for your armpits. So this deodorant dries clear and is aluminum-free and smells like their signature scent. You got hydrating body moisturizer. Have tattoos or issues with dry skin? It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and fresh. And then you get body wash to lather you up with the infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. You get the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. I'm lazy, so I like the two-in-ones. Cleans your scalp with an easy one-step. And then you also get a free gift, three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's four products plus a gift inside the ultra premium collection all of these products are cruelty free paraben free vegan free and dye free the best ingredients with zero compromise so again get the 20 percent off for free shipping with the code lightyears20 manscaped.com 20 percent off free shipping the code lightyears20 at manscaped.com the power of traction is now in a bottle thanks to manscaped We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I believe this is where, where Andy would say, let's get to the goons, right? Let's get to the goons. Ryan, what's up, bro? Hey, nothing much. How are you guys doing? Yeah, Tuesday night, watching the uh, Clippers. I was, I was at that game last night. Boy, did those legs look dead. Just absolutely dead. Especially Andrew Wiggins. You could tell when his legs are shot because he's sort of space cadetting his way on both sides of the court. And I think more than anything, he misses Draymond because Draymond sort of pushes him through his lapses in energy and makes him do shit because you can't not try with Draymond on the court. So I think more than anything, he needs Draymond Green back. And that's what I'm really waiting for with Andrew Wiggins and Clay too, because Clay takes awful shots sometimes when Draymond Green's off the court. And yeah, where I am at with this team is if I'm looking at the back end of the rotation, I think Lee is practically uncuttable because he's a competent six fouls. The only two I'm looking at are JTA and Belly who may potentially be cut. So if favors or Rolo are open, I go get him for Belly or JTA, whichever way. I just want another guy who could give me six competent fouls in the playoffs. That's all I'm asking for. All right, Ryan, let me ask you this. Okay, you're Bob Myers. You have the best, you know, hair of any GM in the NBA. Uh, Which one of those two would you cut? if you were to get Robin Lopez or Derek Favors. You, you've made a determination. You need kind of more of the traditional bruising six-foul big man. Which, which one of those guys are you cutting, and why do you want to keep the other one for playoff reasons? Okay, so for me, it's Belly that's getting cut. Watching him live last night, there's some stuff where you see, does he really – he doesn't bring energy. He's sort of this lazy type of player. I don't like to use that word, but it's just what it is. He was lazy last night, and he's been lazy – for two months. So if I'm going into the playoffs and I need someone at the back of the bench, I want someone who can come in, give a hard foul, hit a dunk, hit a corner three. Juan could do those in very limited spurts. And I'd rather have the wing if, so let's say, Kaminga, who gets into foul trouble a ton, gets into foul trouble. Or let's say Wiggins is having one of those nights where he can't guard a parked car. Um, I'd rather have Juan. And I tell, um, I just don't think Belly's particularly playable in the playoffs at all, frankly. There's not a matchup where I see that he doesn't give it all back on defense unless he's playing next to Draymond. Okay. It's a fair point. I want Aaron's thoughts on that one. Um, you're not wrong. Uh, I, JTA isn't playable either, though, to me. Um, he doesn't, he can't, shoot, he, he can't shoot anymore. Um, I'm be banned from the town. <laughs> I'm not, I can't be going by 95th, huh? Um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, he is, he, especially in the playoffs, the I play harder than everybody else thing just doesn't work anymore because uh, everybody with much more talent is is playing just as hard, possession to possession. Um, 
he's a great story and a good dude and like uh, he belongs in the NBA. But I guess I guess my point for all of this I'll go back to again is for me this is not a a playoff consideration because I don't want Belly or Rolo or JTA playing in the playoffs. In, um, in general you don't want to go to your 15th man of the playoffs. Yeah, I don't like, I don't want any of those, I don't a, want any of those guys playing. So it's it's, for, it's about for me it's more of a regular season like a regular season innings eater to get the guys that I do need playing in the playoffs as fresh as possible. Do you give any credence to the idea that if they cut Bielitsa, it's a bad look to future free agents? Yes. I, I, I think, you know, that uh, our boy TK and, you know, some of the, all that, I think some of that has been overstated there um, because I think it takes more than cutting Belly and, and cutting Omri Caspi, both of whom have been pretty awful as Warriors. I think it takes more than that to get that reputation, but that is a factor. I don't think it's as big of a factor as, as, um, as is out there, but I think it is a factor. Yes. Okay. But I mean, there's also that, but there's an opportunity cost to all of it, right? There's an opportunity cost to cutting, you know, JTA. That was, that is more going to be in the locker room as opposed to around the rest of the league, but there's an opportunity cost. to. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the, uh, it's the downside of the business. Like it, it just sucks. Like it, no, no one wants to do that. You know, we know Bob will get up there. You know, he might cry. You know, it's, it's not. It's not the favorite <laughs> part. Of, it's not favorite part of the job. You're going but crocodile yeah, tears, or you're believing him? Yeah, he's best in business. No, no, Bob standard. <laughs> Nathaniel, what's up, man? What's up, Sam? How you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? Oh, I mean, after yesterday, that was tough to watch. That was very tough to watch. You haven't you haven't rebounded yet? What'd you say? You haven't you haven't bounced back from it? You're still feeling it? Oh no, no, I haven't. Honestly, it's Bob Myers. I mean, I seen a quote and I guess he said we have five centers on the team and he proceeds to name Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, just how ignorant can you be as a front office to think that no moves have to be made and that we're this championship contending team? I mean, Robin Lopez is on the buyout market. Why not just take a crack at it? It doesn't make sense to me because you have you have Kavon Looney, who started every single game this season. Draymond coming off of a back injury. You have Belly, who can't keep up on any pick and roll situation. And Jonathan Kaminga, who's a rookie, no playoff experience. I mean, how are we going to keep up with teams like the Suns, DeAndre Ayton? It's it's, I don't know. What do you think? I appreciate the call. Um, I want to I want to ask Aaron this question. Do you buy? By the way, great call, Nathaniel. I appreciate it. Do you buy Bob Myers when he says we have five centers, or do you think he's just posturing? Of course. I mean, what do you expect him to say, right? <laughs> like he's he's not gonna say, God, we are we are fucking thin up front. We are in trouble, <laughs> right? He has to say. I mean, to save face with te- in team building, but also the human nature element of it is he has to say that. Um, do I think he has five centers on the roster? No. Steve Kerr will barely play Kaminga at center. I think Kaminga should be playing at center more um, in the absence of Wiseman and especially in the absence of Draymond. Um, you know, and, and if you want to add Otto Porter into that mix some, I guess. But no, there aren't five centers on the roster. There's two and a half centers on the roster and one and a half of them are hurt right now. So no, absolutely not. 
Yeah, I think that's just Bob. Um, I mean, part of the job is it's poker, right? He's politicking a little bit. He's he's just you know. But I mean, as he should, right? Why would yeah? Why would a GM go out there and be like, dude, we're we're thin. We need someone. Just I I you know I hope the Lakers will trade us Anthony Davis. You know, like what's the gain right there? (laughs) Like that sort of thing, right? So I I think that's part of it. Um, And oh, I want to I wanted to ask one thing because this is something I don't understand. Go for it. And, and and you guys, I mean, obviously I follow the team very closely, but um, you guys, you you specifically are much closer. Uh, Steve basically killed the Warriors defense and said last night in postgame and said, most of us getting destroyed, like we're getting destroyed at the rim, but a lot of that is because we can't guard anybody on the perimeter. And he's not wrong because the Warriors didn't stay in front of anybody last night and haven't for a while. But then why not play your best defense your best best healthy defensive player and one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA he's played uh, gp2 has played i think like 30 minutes oh, I, tw- I, I 29 minutes like what, what, you a, have a dude sitting right there what are you doing i'm not sure i understand why gp2 is not playing a little more right now other than Steve is potentially trying to send a message to his team that's the only excuse i can come up with because you know what he's saying. He's he's not letting them use the Draymond excuse. Like, is he aware of the fact they can't defend at the same level as Draymond? Of course. He's not an idiot. You know, like that's that's part of it. I think he's trying to motivate the team and be like, all right, Andrew Wiggins, you are you're a more capable defender than what you've done the last week and a half in the NBA, right? Sure. Um, now, why is he not playing GP2? I don't know, other than he's trying to motivate the team a little bit. Like, I, that's that's literally the only working theory I can come up with because there's not an actual basketball reason to it other than he's trying to – no, it's, it's still be coaching. He's trying to get, like, you know, Clay and, more importantly, like Jordan Poole to kind of take more ownership of their defensive responsibility. That's really all I can come up with. I don't know if you have a better theory. I, I, I don't other than like mismanagement. I don't have, I don't have another there. And no, to be fair, GP two has been pretty terrible offensively, you know, for a month now. But if, if, if you have identified as the head coach, you have identified a specific issue and bring that up in post game. Like this is our issue. Why wouldn't you bring, why wouldn't you play somebody more? I'm not saying GP two should be playing 35 minutes a night. But why not? If you're getting, if you can't stay in front of Terrence Mann, you can't stay in front of Reggie Jackson, and there's a parade down the middle to the lane. Well, you got somebody who's one of the best dudes in the league at stopping exactly that. Maybe play him more than 11 minutes. Maybe, or maybe he's in his Phil Jackson mode where he's just trying to mess with his own team to get them to play harder. That's really there's. I mean, there's not a basketball reason to wow we can't stand in front of our man so we're going to bench the best perimeter defender. So that's all I can come up with. I think he's just messing with them a little bit. What is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number 1 meal kit. 
The new year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you, whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness. HelloFresh is here to help with the endless options and make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh cuts back on the time you spend in the kitchen so you can spend it on your other resolutions with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less, plus quick and easy meals, including 20 minute recipes and low prep and easy cleanup options, provides an even faster route to putting food on the table. As many of your listeners know, uh, I recently had a child pushing three months now. I can tell you HelloFresh has been a lifesaver in terms of just making it easier and quicker for me to make dinner. I barely have time to do anything. I don't know where I would be without HelloFresh. I'd probably be running up a gargantuan takeout bill. It's basically the end story. Go to hellofresh.com slash lightyears16. That's right, use the code lightyears16, one six, for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Light years 16. Remember, HelloFresh.com, light years 16. All right, keep moving. Josh, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's up? Hey, yeah, so I just think it's really interesting uh, talking about the buyout and just uh, all the bigs out there. Um. I don't know exactly how the seedings will shake out at the end of the day, but we're definitely looking at a roadmap that could end up potentially being Lakers, Grizzlies, and then maybe Suns in the Western Conference Finals. And I think that's just going to be a slog of 12 games to get to the finals. And then, uh, you know, whoever's at the end of the road there, you know, making it for that last series, I I think it's just going to be an issue. And I don't know why uh, they weren't a little bit just more proactive you know, I don't know what was available at the trade market, but uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, a big would have really helped, especially this last like week or so when one seed seemed like it was still, you know, in reach. Josh, appreciate the call. Wait, did Josh I, just give us a faux faux faux? <laughs> he said it's going to be a 12 game slog. The the Warriors making the finals with faux faux faux. I think he bring. I think he brings up a fair point though. Uh, if they draw the Lakers in the first round. No matter what you think of that roster, and I don't like it, um, a LeBron James and Anthony Davis team is not an easy first-round opponent, at least just from a physical standpoint. Then you go through the Grizzlies. Grizzlies look amazing, and I think think they're for real. I think they are a legitimately good team. And the Phoenix Suns, we can mock them all we want. Uh, it, It doesn't much matter if the Warriors are limping into the series, right? So... Do you think, I guess, let me take this to the more meta question, which he's getting at. Do you think it's wise of the Warriors to take their foot off the pedal and kind of prioritize health? Or should they have been pushing the Suns to try to get that one seed and get the easier path? And at minimum, we know the one seed's not playing enough as Christmas in round two. Yeah, um, I think that... I, <laughs> I got to be careful here. I, I wouldn't be so sure that uh, the Lakers are going to be the uh, seventh seed. Um, at this point, I don't know how likely it is that the Lakers um, catch Minnesota or the Clippers to play in the seven, eight uh, playing game, which would preclude them from being the seventh seed. Um, I think it does matter. 
I think the second seed does matter. I think two and three is going to be the Warriors and, and Grizzlies. And the Warriors have not been good on the road so far this year. And because of that like youthful exuberance and cockiness and the fact that the Grizzlies have had some success against the Warriors recently, um, I think I think having home court advantage in that potential two, three second round matchup matters. Um, oh, see, I disagree with you. I'm going to I'm going to come in aggressively right now. Let's get it. Um, if the Warriors, if particularly if Draymond Green, Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson need home court advantage over a bunch of dudes who were not in the NBA when they won their first title, they're not who I thought they were. So fair. I, fair. Don't, I don't think home court necessarily matters versus Memphis. I do think if Memphis has a physical advantage on them in terms of like, like Memphis isn't going to beat them on the mental side of the game. Memphis is just going to physically beat them. Right. So I think the Warriors are better suited playing towards like, I mean, Draymond's hurt right now. So nothing matters until he's healthy, but like whatever the Warriors need to do to be in their best physical shape, that's what they need to do because if they're in a if they're in a situation where they're exhausted, I mean, Jaw doesn't ba- those guys are just going to run them out of the building. But if they're in a situation where they feel physically good, I'm not concerned what time zone the building's in. Oh, that's fair. Um, I also think the reason the two seed matters. I mean, I do think home court matters in that two three matchup. I don't know what's the deciding factor, but I'd rather have an extra game at Chase than an extra game at. Uh, FedEx. But I think the bigger issue is you mentioned the how dangerous the Lakers are. And I just I don't think the Lakers are going to catch either of Minnesota or the Clippers um to get into the playing game, which get them the seven seed. I would rather play the winner of Clippers, Minnesota as the seven seed than uh then have to worry about anybody in whoever the six seed is. I don't know if Denver is it going to be Dallas. Uh, I, I would, and you get to avoid the Lakers, who are probably going to be eighth if they make the playoffs. If they win, you know, in nine ten, and then eight nine or seven nine, um, I think I think being the two seed matters partially for home court advantage in the second round, but mostly because it seems like it is just going to be a much easier path than even being first potentially, but definitely as than the three seed in the first round. So l- let me let me get to your point. You you think that. The Clippers or the Wolves, like there's a significant drop off between, let's just say, Denver, Dallas versus those two teams. Yes, I don't want to. Do, I don't want to deal. I don't. I don't want to deal with Jokic or Luca if I don't have to. Okay, I, I mean, because that is a fair consideration. If you think those guys are, if you think those teams are likely to push you six plus games, like that is a, yeah. If you're worried about Memphis giving you, uh, you know, running you out of the gym, one way for them running out of the gym is you playing two extra games in them. So um, let's move to the next call. Gio, what's up, man? And by the way, if you guys want to speak, hit the, the call on button. Gio, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? So look, I think they need to protect Dre, Looney, and Otto because I don't think their bodies could survive like another like 20 games without like help because i don't think like, i don't think we could like survive like another 20 years without like at least like another guy to, like to protect like the body or whatnot that's my opinion appreciate it Gio. all right so 
this gets back to the the basic point. So so let's let's take this back a uh let's take this back a level, Aaron. Do you think you brought this up earlier? Do you think it was a roster building mistake for the Warriors to go this way? Where they no. carried, let's just say one X one less big than an average team? Because they did, right? They they they, uh, they, they did, yes. They most teams would have one extra big and one less wing. Do you think that was a uh, do I think it was a mistake? No. And the reason I don't think it was a mistake was because of two reasons. Um, one, they saw they committed to a style of play and saw how successful this style of play could be in that last little bit. And it is Draymond's preferred style. It is Steph's preferred style. Um, and I think they went and signed some guys, minimum guys that they felt could play in that style. Belly has not been good. Otto Porter has been fantastic. And combine that with, That's life. I think they thought, um, and obviously they have better information than, than the rest of us, but I think they thought that Wiseman would be at least more available than he's been so far. And if, you know, if Wiseman misses the first month of the season and then, you know, looks decent and even if he doesn't look great, is a big body and is competent, then we're not having this conversation. So I, I thought they were going to get, I think they thought they were going to get something from Wiseman before now. And they were fully committed to this to this style. So, like the theory of the case, I understand. I agree with you because um, they clearly committed to this this style of roster with just three three bigs, and you know, Belly is you know, say what you want. This roster where they only have like two tradition two and a half traditional centers was definitely based around the idea that Wiseman would be back by. We all thought he'd be back in mid-November. Let's be real. I don't think the Warriors thought he was going to take more than 20 games, max. Right, he was supposed to be ready for camp, right? The initial thing was we'll find out at the beginning of camp. Let's let's be charitable with it. Let's assume it's 20 games. Obviously, he had a setback. No one's fault. It happens. But, like, they didn't build this roster with the idea he would be out for the first 60 games of the season. There's no spin they can put out there that, like, justifies this. I think they just kind of ran with it and stretched it as well as they could. And it, it's just the way the cookie crumbled a little bit, right? Like, it, yeah. For, yeah. I mean, it has become a problem now, but I think it was. I like I think I always talk about uh, the difference between like the process and results. I think the process other than them like obfuscating and possibly lying after he had the 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 cleanup procedure um I, I don't yeah, love that. Weird. that was yeah, weird. I don't love that. But like but going into the season, you know, in the last off season, I think the process was sound. It hasn't well, the results have been very good. But as it relates to the amount of bigs on the roster in Wiseman, I think the process was okay. But you know, as you said, sometimes this is the cro- the cookie crumbling. Yeah. So let me let me end you here then. Wiseman, let's assume, and I don't want to take this assumption too much, but like, let's assume he does come back right after the All Star break. What would you consider positive from him? Somebody considering how, that, long, considering how long he's been out and like yeah. I, realistic expectation. I'm not talking about what you think he's going to be in three years. Yeah, three yeah. Years. like for somebody this year through the playoffs. Somebody that looks like he is not lost. Somebody that looks like the time away and getting a little older 
has helped him mentally kind of figure out the game more so that he is able to take better advantage. And some of this is the positions he has put in by the coaching staff, but um, that he is better able to take advantage of his physical advantages because he is going to have physical advantages against basically everyone on planet Earth, save Giannis. And, you know, maybe AD, maybe, uh, and in some instances, Embiid. But if, if he can give you 12 to 15 minutes of competent rotational NBA basketball where you can still see the flashes, like we saw some of last year, like we're seeing some of from Kaminga this year, where the times he looks lost and the glaring mistakes that he made last year are minimized, I think that is a success. And that's a guy you can play for 10 or 12 minutes in the playoffs. I think that's a clear and good way to end end this episode. Appreciate everyone who called in. We will be back soon. Aaron, appreciate you. Anytime, brother. brother.